Are you happy in your business? Now, I have had my share of emotional ups and downs in my 20 years of being a solo entrepreneur coach. And the patterns I've seen in myself and in my clients is that those downs are usually when I was personally feeling unfulfilled. Sometimes it was because a launch that flopped and sometimes it was just life and had nothing to do with business. But those ups, oh boy, those are the times when I was feeling my most authentic and completely aligned to my purpose or when I just felt like I was rocking that work-life balance. I would be thinking, I could do this all day long and never feel tired. One of my loves is sharing what works for me and what has been working for my clients to achieve this very feeling, full of passion, happiness, peace, and freedom. So I decided to create a private podcast for coaches. Maybe you just want to develop better communication skills that boosts engagement, leads to better results, and makes you feel like you're actually making a difference in the lives of the people you serve. Then you're invited too. We talk about this and more in the UBU private podcast for coaches. Whether you're a mentor, a parent, or run a client-focused business, coaching skills benefit everyone and anyone who wants to communicate in a way that builds relationships. Fall in love with your life and business again. Click the link in the show notes for your invitation to join us right now. Then come back and enjoy this episode it becomes a choice for them rather than this is who I am. I'm not a science person. I'm not a math person. Like I hear that so much and I, I just don't, I don't want kids to feel that way. I want them to feel more open with what they can do with the rest of their life. It's time to stop comparing yourself to others and plug in to what is uniquely you. Welcome to Unbox Your Personality, the podcast for coaches, parents, and mentors like you who understand that your happiness makes you more effective at what you do, bringing out the best in others. I'm Jen Higgins, personality strategist and Enneagram fluff remover. Get laser focused on who you are and who you aren't, so you're free to make the impact you were born to make and have fun doing it. Your personality is your business, so... Let's get down to business. Hey, Karen McFarlane Holman, how are you doing? I am doing great, Jen. How are you? I'm great. And where are you in the I'm world? In Ore- I'm in Oregon. Oregon. Fantastic. So before we get started, can you just tell everybody who Karen is and what you believe in and how you serve your people? Absolutely. So I am a scientist. Specifically, I'm a chemist. I've been a chemistry professor for 20 years. I have always, always loved science, but I've also always really loved music and art. And so I've kept these parallel lives going for my entire life. And I just enjoy connecting with people. And I've found ways of doing that through my music and through the science. And so that has ultimately led to what I'm doing this year, which is an online hands-on interactive science program for kids wherever they are in the world. And it is so much fun. Oh, it sounds fun. I am a science geek. I was a homeschool mom 
Mm-hmm. And I delegated science to my husband because I wanted to learn. I didn't want to oh, teach it. <laughs> yeah, that's a good idea. I love it. <laughs> I wanted to learn it. So I loved what you said that you were living these parallel lives. What was the moment when you realized, why am I doing that? Mm-hmm. You know, it took me a long time. Well, and do you mean when you said, why am I doing that? Why am I keeping them separate? Yeah. Or, yeah, yeah. So I would say it was maybe after I got tenure in my professor position, when I was really downplaying and not telling my students that I was actually a punk rocker and I was playing shows at night on weekends. And, and I kind of just kept it on the down low because I thought, oh, that's not what a professor does. Well, as of course, students began to find out that I was doing that. And then they would, when I had an all ages show, if they were younger, they would come to those. Or if they were above 21, they'd go to the bar shows and they loved it. They would bring their friends and they would dance and then they would tell their other friends. And so they, they thought that was so cool. And they, they loved it so much because what I learned from them is they said, oh, you are, you're a professor. We look up to you, but you're also a human and you have other interests. And I think it opened up possibilities for them that they didn't have to be one thing. And once I realized that that was a powerful message to give my students, then I was just all about it. I, I would tell students the first day of class, this is what I do. And I have this and but I also do this. And, and I just kind of opened the doors to that. Man, if I was in your class, I'd be thinking, oh, what a cool teacher. Uh, I have my woman crush on this professor right here. (laughs) That is fantastic. So what got you started? Was it, was the science, did that come first or did the music come first back in Mm -hmm. the beginning? Definitely the science came first. I've always, always loved science. My dad was a doctor and so I would ask him lots of questions and It was just, I would sit around and read encyclopedias to learn about whatever geology or, you know, uh, if it was medicine stuff or whatever it was, I just always loved it. I loved science and I loved math. And then the music came later just because it was always in our house and my dad loved Dixieland jazz and things like that. Mm. So your dad basically was a scientist and a musician also. Yes, he was. Yeah. (laughs) And my mom loved science. So she was more like you like she well, I mean, she has her own story, but she wanted to get into science. But because of it was the 1950s, and just how Mm -hmm. women were treated back then. And so she just had so many fewer chances. So she encouraged me. So I have two older sisters and an older brother. And she so much encouraged us to do all of that stuff or whatever we wanted to do. So yeah, it was a great household. I'm so lucky. Yeah. sounds fun. I love music also. So when did, when did you realize that I am, I love science, but I also love music too. Yeah, I think it was really when I started playing music, which I would say didn't really truly happen until seventh grade when I joined the band that we had in my middle school and just being part of a whole and contributing in that way. And what did you play? Then I played clarinet Mm. and then I moved in more into jazz and started playing saxophone, tenor sax. 
And then um, after college, I started learning guitar. And that was when I really found my instrument. I was all about the guitar, which I still am now. I love it. Oh, I will need to take a picture of you with your guitar. That would be a good screenshot, wouldn't yes. it? Yes, <laughs> I can totally do that. <laughs> I love that idea. <laughs> so at that moment, when you realized that you were having two parallel worlds, two parallel lives, almost like a double life, what were you feeling? Like, how did that make you feel? It definitely made me feel stretched in a way because I was so busy with both of them, but at the same time enriched. So I would say that I really can't live without either one because whenever, because occasionally it happens, bands break up and things happen and whatever. And whenever I find myself without a band, I am putting just as much time into looking and creating a new band than I do having a band. Mm. So whenever I don't have a band, it's not like I have more time. I just, I'm, I'm doing something to make that happen. And so ultimately it just, um, it removes other things from my life, like watching TV. Like there's a lot of shows and movies that I just haven't seen that people have seen. And so I miss out on popular culture a lot of times, but I'm okay with that. Yeah, sometimes it's a blessing and a curse, <laughs> the pop culture <laughs> stuff. <laughs> you have to forge your own path sometimes, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So when when you did decide to start merging together, letting your students know, I mean, they were finding out anyway, um, how, what was the difference that you felt being able to do that now? I then had a stronger connection with my students, for sure. I had more students coming to my office hours, more students reaching out to me for life advice, mm. as well as, you know, they come, I'm teaching chemistry and chemistry, you need a lot of students need help with it. So of course, they come for that kind of help. But more students just coming in and asking questions of how do I deal with this or, or the things they want to do in their life and stuff like that, which is amazing. And I love that. Can you give an example without giving away someone's identity? <laughs> yeah. So I, w- I would say, so there's, um, I have a student who, lo- I mean, very similar to me, who loves chemistry, loves science and really wants to do that, but is also double majoring or trying to double major in art and is trying to integrate the two. And, and it's difficult when you, you know, double majors are so hard, especially if they're disparate, you know, but she's finding a way to do it, but it's still a struggle. And so we had lots of, well, now it's on zoom, um, but we've had lots of, of talks and meetings and, and we're always thanking each other because I love talking to her about it and she loves talking to me. So it's, it's really a win-win. And a double major, that's kind of like, like you could speak to that, (laughs) being stretched and having a a double major. Exactly. Yeah. So tell me what else, what else do you love about your personality and how, when you embrace your personality, you're just happier for it? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would say one thing I really appreciate is um, my empathetic nature. And I just feel like that allows me to connect with more people. And 
I think it contributes to my happiness a lot because I know that when things are happening in the world and politicians are doing certain things and stuff like that. And I, I really try to think about, well, what are they experiencing and how, how are they struggling? And then why might they be making the decisions they're making and, and things like that. And so I try to come to things with a more curious nature of, wow, I wonder what is going on there. And I, I truly think that makes me more mellow, more happy and people who are attracted to me and my people in my circle, my friends, and, um, they, they do compliment me on that. Like, ah, that's so like, you're so optimistic and, you know, and, and once in a while they'll say, you're almost too nice or something like that. And I'm like, "Mm, no, I'm not going to accept that. (laughs) (laughs) I totally get that because, I, as an Enneagram type seven, that's me. We are the perpetual optimists. Sevens are the perpetual optimists. We don't know what your number is yet. We've, we've yet to discuss that, but that I've had people say, what's wrong with you? You're too happy. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, are you a morning person? That's awesome. Um, So I would say naturally, no, but I've been trying to, I've been trying it out. I've been trying on that shirt since October. And so a friend of mine in Canada um, and I get up at 5am every morning, well, every weekday morning, and we meet on zoom and do a meditation thing together. And, um, and so because we have that accountability, then that is allowing me to to try out this 5am thing. So I have a love hate relationship with it, because it has allowed me to experience first off something that I normally haven't in my life. And um, that is like seeing the sunrise and stuff like that. Um, But also getting a lot more stuff done. And so that has been really, really cool to experience. But I would say, you know, I naturally do kind of veer towards the getting excited and getting a lot of stuff done at night. At night. Hmm, that's interesting. I always wondered if that was um, a personality trait or if it was a preference trait. Um, I've been wondering that myself because I, I still can't quite figure it out. Yeah, because I I think I'm one of those where I I think a lot in the morning. I'll get up early in the morning and do a lot of thinking without actually getting out of bed. <laughs> but I've been pretty productive. Um, yeah, yeah. Pretty productive in the in that hour that I'm just laying in bed and thinking, get lots of ideas and clar- clarity. That is so true. And then, do you write it down? Because I have a, I do the same, but then when I don't write it down, then it's just kind of lost forever, or I feel like it's lost forever. Maybe it's not. Yeah, I don't know. I do have an app that sometimes I will um, write it down. It's a my phone has a stylus. Because oh, nice. I found that if I have a stylus and write it down, I'll remember it better than if I type it in. And plus, sometimes when I'm typing, I get distracted and then it's lost for good. <laughs> but um, sometimes I'll just talk. I'll talk about it out loud, even if it's just to myself. Yeah. Oh, yes. I bet that helps a lot. Yeah. And that actually 
leads me into thinking about the kids that I teach in my, in my, so I've been a college professor for 20 years, but then now I'm teaching K through five online. And what I am discovering is that there are some who they learn better. And I've seen this too with my college students, but I'm, for some reason, I'm really seeing it now. They learn better by speaking it out, by being able to what I call wonder out loud, where mm-hmm. they can put it into words and get that experience. And, um, and then some do better at just sitting there and focusing, listening. Some need to write it down to really, and I think, I mean, this is true for all, everyone, all adults. And, you know, so this isn't anything new, but um, it's amazing how much I am seeing this and then being able to harness that and giving the kids all these opportunities of like, okay, here, write it down if you want, but you don't have to write it down, you know, listen and speak or, or watch or whatever works best for you. I love that. I love that the catering to their learning style, right? Yes. Which I bet is tied in with Enneagram. I don't know. Is it? Well, I do have a module that I teach on learning style, parenting style, and leadership style versus your type, because it's not always, Mm. not always the same. So um, our type is a little bit more ingrained into our psyche and ingrained into our bodies, whereas Mm -hmm. our style uh, can be influenced by others or influenced by um, our situation. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Either, oh, so- way, either way, I believe that the, it should be catered to <laughs> what your style and what your preferences are when it comes to learning. Yeah, absolutely. And, and not even necessarily, well, so it's hard to cater to one type, but to be able to have all of those available to people, to yeah. kids is so important. Yeah. So how do you do that? Um, now that you're online, how do you mm-hmm. do everybody? Yeah. So I would say the number one thing is you have to have small groups. So the way I'm doing it, you, I, there's no way I could have a group of a hundred. Now I have run challenges where there's 25 kids that are on in my zoom window and they've had a great time. Like overall, the engagement has been marvelous and, um, and it's been really high energy and super hands-on. But I do know, and, you know, just by reaching out to families, talking with them more that the, the quieter kids or the kids who maybe they, um, they get distracted easily with other people talking that sometimes it got difficult with, if there were too many mics on. So then we learned how to just navigate that and have, you know, more mutes on than off and things like that. Um, so, but with my year long program where we meet once a week in these small groups and we're getting to know each other and all of that, then by, by keeping it small, then that allows everyone to speak. It gives everyone a chance like me to be able to see everybody and see, okay, are they, are they able to hear me? Are they, are they getting it that way? Um, are they writing it down if they are the type that need to, and, um, but everyone is doing hands-on everyone is taking that solution and pouring the other one in and everyone's looking at the color change and then everyone is, you know, so that is something that's consistent with all of them, which I think is great because this kinesthetic thing, um, I can't think of anyone who isn't going to learn something by doing it with their hands. Are you feeling a bit disappointed that you haven't finished that project yet? 
Are the kids' schedules impacting your business? Or are the demands of your business affecting your relationships at home? Maybe you need a magic formula for that work-life balance before your fire gets so dim or it completely burns out. I've been there. There was a point in my life where I was juggling two businesses and homeschooling and had personal health issues. There was barely time to even connect with myself, much less connect with my husband. When I was finally officially diagnosed with ADHD, I felt like that explained everything. I had a new perspective and started approaching things in a new way. So I created a guide containing 20 tips that I personally use, and they have worked for me for helping me stay on course with my goals. Now, you might not have ADHD, but I bet you can relate to having a million distractions during the day. So if you're ready to stop procrastinating or stop being hard on yourself for missing yet another deadline, self-imposed or not, go ahead and download the guide at powercoachgen.com. If you just find one tip from the list that helps you move forward today, you will be so glad you took the time to read it. Go to powercoachgen.com and download the guide right now. Oh, I'm just imagining all all the wonder in their eyes when they're watching (laughs) the color changing and then seeing all the little squares on their Zoom room of all their friends, their virtual friends. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And it happening the same way. That's, I love the wonder in, in children's eyes. Yeah. Well, and you know what else is fun is when it's not the same. When one of them is like, my level went up and the other one's like, mine went down and where they are actually, they're not all talking to me. And then I'm talking back at them where they are talking back and forth to each other started happening a couple months. And it took a couple months, but when that started happening, I was like, Oh, I have arrived. Like this, (laughs) this group is now like they are connecting, which is really awesome. That is awesome. So how does it work? Do they when they sign up for the program, do you send them the sciencey stuff? Yeah. So, so the way it works is I have a, um, a, a site. So it is, it's a learning platform. Um, you would go into the science rockstar kids once you joined. And when you go in there, you each week, um, there's a video that's shown and then there's a worksheet and a materials list so that the families can make sure they have all the materials. Gotcha. But I make sure this is one thing that's really important to me is to make sure that science is accessible to everyone. So I never require any fancy or expensive equipment. It's like you need three glasses. You need access to warm water out of your faucet. You need baking soda and you need, you know, so I, I just make sure it's something that everyone can have or, or get once in a while you need to like buy a balloon or, you know, something like that. So you will need to once in a while get stuff. Um, so, so once they, so they have their materials list ahead of time, and then there is a worksheet that they can print out if they want. Um, they don't have to though. You could just do it and talk and listen. So, um, 
And, and then I make a preview video. And so the video is like five minutes long and it's just like, okay, um, so you're going to want a glass. You're going to want to have it about this big. And I, and I, so I'm showing Jen right now, but I have, um, and then, and this is the, the kind of straw that I have and I'll show it so that they just kind of get the vibe. Like they kind of see what's going to happen, but I actually purposely try to not give it away so that there is a little bit of surprise, like that they're set up, they're prepared, but I do want there to be like a little bit of like, you know, like a preview for a movie, like for the trailers, the best ones for me are the ones that get you excited, but don't give away the plot or the end, which some of them do. And it drives me crazy. <laughs> um, but anyway, that, um, that they feel like, okay, now we're all set up and now let's explore together when we meet. So then we meet via Zoom. Um, right now there's a couple slots open on Thursdays, but in any case, whenever we meet, um, they all show up and it's so much fun when they all start dropping in and we're all like, hi, hi, how's it going? What'd you do this week? And it's just really fun. Aww. And are they all K through five mixed together or do you separate them in groups according to age? <laughs> So currently it's K through five mixed together. And I have been thrilled at how well that works. And the reason why I think it works. And I think um, because I've had the experience when I was in second grade, we were in a mixed um, class of uh, two through six um, that the younger ones learn from the older ones and the older ones get to teach to the younger ones. And so there's this kind of peer mentoring happening. And honestly, all of these experiments that we do are relevant to anyone at any age. And I'm going to say anyone, I'm not going to say any kid, because I'm learning things from it. I have a PhD in chemistry and we'll do something chemistry and I'll be like, oh, I didn't expect that. But okay, that makes sense. You know, I can, of course, reason it through with my background, but there are surprises that happen. And there are things that um, anyone at any age. So I have some kids whose parents do it along with them every week, not because the kids couldn't do it alone. They could, but because the parents are like, this is my chance to do science. Oh my gosh. That's you, Jen. Yes, exactly. <laughs> <Totally me. laughs> that would be me. Um, my kids are have, I'm not homeschooling them anymore and they're in person, but I might be like, um, can they be a little older than fifth grade? <laughs> yeah. Oh, absolutely. And so I run these challenges every once in a while and I have had adults um, sign up and do it. Ooh. Yeah. So much fun. Yeah. We have little scientists in our, in our household. So both of my boys are STEM students now. And then my husband who is physics slash nuclear engineer slash statistician, um, awesome. And then there's me. <laughs> <laughs> but I will contend that everyone is a scientist. So you are too, Jen. <laughs> yes. I, I am a brain scientist. So yeah. I, <laughs> psychology is my jam. <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> <Brain> science. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And observable behavior of humans is just as fascinating as chemical reactions. Oh, for sure. Are, they are still chemical reactions, right? Mm -hmm. Oh, for sure. Yes. Every one of them. That just blew my mind a little. <laughs> uh huh. It really is. I mean, so there's this saying that chemistry is the central science and we chemists kind of joke about it because you know how 
everyone wants to imagine the world revolves around them. And so it's kind of like that in the chemistry world. But sometimes I'm like, no, it actually is. It really is. <laughs> <laughs> it is true. I'm going to be pondering on that thought for a while yeah. now, Karen. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, all of the neuron transmitters, all the biochemistry, all the hormones, all, all of it. Magic. It's all chemistry, biochemistry. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yes. I love that. One of my other loves um, is homeopathy. I have a mm-hmm. podca- podcast episode on, on that. And I listened to it. It was mm-hmm. great. Great episode. Yeah. Yeah. yeah thank you. Um, and it, the reason why I love homeopathy is because of this, I guess it's chemical. Well, it definitely comes from minerals and, and plants and like the medicine is created from that, but even the way it heals is very chemical like the mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so anyway I, I could talk sciencey stuff <laughs> yes you can <laughs> so how do you I know your your program what's your program called for the kids science mm-hmm. science rockstar kids and that is a perfect merge of your science and your music right it is and I'm sure that's how the name came about and I was just thinking like you know I want kids to feel like they're scientists and that they're not just, oh, I'm a scientist, but like, I'm a science rock star, like using that term as like, I got this, you know, feeling powerful. Mm-hmm. And so, um, yeah, so science rock star. And I was like, but they're kids. So I'm going to throw kids in the name there too. So even the parents who are, are joining in, we're kids too. Yes. <laughs> so how do you, um, incorporate or do you do you incorporate music in your science lessons at all so I don't directly incorporate it um I have though I've written a theme song and in my challenges I will use the song it's only 30 seconds long and I'll insert it into we'll do one experiment I'll go okay let's let's take a break let's move around and and I'll play the song and we'll like dance around and then we'll sit back down take a breath and then refocus. And it's also the whole idea of dancing is also a great analogy for how molecules move. And so I, I would say throughout the year, almost every class I'm doing something with movement. And I think that's great too. So again, this, this hands-on or the visualization analogies, all those things really help. I love the analogies. So kid-friendly. (laughs) so when when you compare I mean it's probably not fair to compare uh but your college age students which is on this end of the Mm -hmm. learning adult learning right and then your younger students which one it's like picking your favorite child (laughs) this is a hard question I shouldn't ask this question Well, no, no, it's, it's totally okay. It's totally okay to ask because it's something I do think about, you know, and they are different and they are also exactly the same. And so Mm -hmm. I will say that the differences probably everyone could guess, you know, the college students, they've, they've graduated from high school, they've left the house and, you know, they're finding their own way in life and they're, they're really thinking about their career and, and honing in on something and, and they're struggling with, you know, parental pressures, maybe some of them on, you know, what should I be and, and all that kind of stuff. 
and really trying hard to do well. And a lot of them are, are grade focused and stuff like that. So I, I try to work with them on those sort of mindset issues as well as really helping them understand chemistry as well. But, oh my gosh, so many of them have imposter syndrome and, you know, they've gone through this process since being a kid and, you know, they're entering an adulthood and they need help with not just learning the chemistry, but also the bigger picture mindset stuff. So that's more, you know, the, the college realm and the things that I do there, whereas the kids, what I'm trying to do is capture them before they go through all of that. Oh, I'm not good at science. And, you know, so this K through five and especially the younger, like they're, they're just so curious and they're not thinking, oh, I'm not a scientist. Or sometimes girls will grow up thinking, oh, I, that's what boys do. You know, at some point they, they think that. It's not true, but they, they see that sometimes depending on where you live, what's around them. Um, and so trying to just capture them at that point and, and just let's have fun. Let's be curious. Let's see what happens and have them get that feeling. This is what it feels like to be a scientist. And yeah, I am a scientist mm -hmm. and they can then choose further on to take that route if they want or they can say, science is cool, and I totally know how to do it, but you know what? I want to study literature instead. Mm -hmm. And so it becomes a choice for them rather than this is who I am. I'm not a science person. I'm not a math person. Like I hear that so much. And I, I just don't, I don't want kids to feel that way. I want them to feel more open with what they can do with the rest of their life. Absolutely. Like they have options. Mm -hmm. That's, that is a beautiful thing that you're doing for them, giving them choices and giving them options and, and empowering them that they can write their own story. Yes. And, right. And it's exactly their choice. Their exactly. Choice. Exactly. And then, so there's, there's kind of how they're different. And then where they're the same is what I will say is doing the zoom thing that we're in now. They all want to be seen and heard and understood. They all want that so badly. And if you just pause and you take that time and talk to each one of them individually, they just blossom. Mm -hmm. And so where they don't so much is when you're just there and you're like, okay, I got to get this information to them. I got to get this information to them. And you're just spewing it out, making sure you make it through, you know, whatever the benchmark is for that course. But I would contend if you pull back on the amount of content and you spend extra time cultivating the community and the class, they will take the content they do get and they will absorb it and understand it better than if you're just like, I got to get this, all this material to them. And so in, in both cases, I've really seen that with, with the younger children and the college students. That is a powerful statement that you just made that I'm still currently in the process of learning myself <laughs> of just understanding we are in community which is what I feel like the higher purpose of the Enneagram is. Like some people think it's a, just a profiling tool to, to tell me which box I fit in, but no, it's, it's telling you which box that you're in so that you can get out of it and you can commune with other people. 
in a way that feels authentic to you and you still feel seen and you still feel heard, but so does everybody else. Yes. Yes. I love that. And then when you're in that space, I I call that feeling whole, feeling balanced and feeling whole. You can give better and you can receive better. Absolutely. There's there's no blocks. There's nothing Mm -hmm. there. Mm -hmm. So that's great that you you're number one, that you're providing that and that you can recognize that because we're adults. So we get it. We know how we feel, right? Yeah. But to recognize that children need that too. I think that's so important for teachers and for coaches and for, for parents to hear that and understand what, what really matters. Is it the lesson that we're trying to teach them? Like, well, you shouldn't have done this and maybe you should have done it this way. No, it's the can, do you see me? Do you hear me? Yes, exactly. And I think I'm going to be a better teacher when we're back in person because of this. I think I could have done a better job in in the in classroom in the in person classroom, really seeing each student better than I will now because I've just it's it's come up so much to the forefront. Um, that I'm going to be more mindful. And so I'm really grateful for that. That's amazing. This has been such a great chat. I have enjoyed getting to know you today, even better today than yes. we have. So Karen and I have been in a class together. So we've gotten to um, really get to know each other. But where can the listeners find you online? Yeah. So I would say if anyone is interested in what I'm doing with kids online with science to go to sciencerockstarkids.com. And there is a video there that shows me with the kids. Um, We're actually extracting DNA from strawberries with that one. And it also has little clips of the parents and I I edited it down. So it's really short. So if you did just want to get a feel for what it's like in there. I also have a YouTube channel that I'm right now renaming to be Make Time for Science Mm. because I've been doing a Facebook live stream series since last July called Make Time for Science. And so I'm like, all right, I think my YouTube channel should be called that. And so there are, I'll show how to do experiment stuff at home, or I'll just tell a story from science history, or um, just lots of things like that, just having fun with science. This sounds so good. I think this would be great for um, a lot of parents who are out there finding themselves homeschooling. <laughs> yes. Right now. Mm-hmm. I would say most of my families are homeschooling, although I do have some that are in public schools and charter schools that use it as enrichment. Ooh. So we, we meet once a week and the homeschooling families are like, this is definitely meeting my needs for science for the school year. Um, and then there's some, I would say, especially this year, the parents who have their kids in public schools or charter schools, where maybe in theory, there's science, they're just really not getting that hands on, and they're not getting that interactive. And especially with a scientist, um, a lot of elementary school kids, or sorry, a lot of elementary teachers aren't scientists. Some of them are, but most of them aren't. And so um, they want their kids to just have interaction with a a scientist and being led and being able to answer questions and things like that. Yeah. Like someone legit. (laughs) (laughs) You are legit, Karen. Very well-rounded and so fun to speak with. (laughs) 
This has been a blast. Thank you so much for inviting me. I, I have loved our conversation. Look forward to more. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> so, you know in podcast land, there's editing that happens, right? So that goodbye was really like the first of like five goodbyes. Now, we kept talking in the after party, of course, and there were some really great nuggets that fortunately I kept recording. And I really hated to not include them in this episode, but you know, I bet this is why movies have those blooper reels and the, and the deleted scenes in, in, on the bonus DVD, right? So I decided to make a bonus episode this week of the rest of our conversation, with Karen's permission, of course. You'll get to go behind the scenes where we talk more about Karen's band, a really cool yard sale find, more on what Enneagram type she, she might be, and some insecurities of mine that Karen helped put into perspective for me. So go check it out. I want to thank Karen for my biggest takeaway in this episode that no matter what age of her students, the last 20 years has taught her that people first want to feel heard and they want to feel seen. And that includes you, you as the teacher or the parent or the coach, because when you find what fills your cup and that keeps you aligned, basically when you unbox yourself, you unleash your power. Thank you for listening, subscribing, and reviewing the Unbox Your Personality podcast. To learn more about yourself, go to powercoachgen.com. Find out how you are different so you can make your difference.